Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Title of today's message, look at your neighbor and say, you thought, like say it with a little bit of, a, of, a, of a, a, an accent or, or a little bit, you, you thought, like you thought when the waiter came out from the back of the restaurant carrying that platter, you thought it was like, oh, our order's ready. But then they came and they, they delivered it to the table next to you. you know, our, my wife and I, we like to laugh at each other because you don't say anything. You just see like, oh, yes, the celebration that goes off. And then the massive disappointment when you realize, oh, that's not our table. They're like, you thought, you thought. Um, we have these ideas of how things should go. A couple years ago, our family went on uh, a trip to paradise. Look at this. We went to our favorite place, uh, Cancun. If you've, who's been to Cancun? Anybody? Anybody? It's the best beach in the world that I've ever seen, ever been a part of. It was picture perfect. It's paradise. We loved it. Now, in this picture, you see Rita and I, we're holding our boys. We're laughing. We're talking. We're having a great time. You want to know what we're saying in this picture? We are never doing this again. <laughs> this was a trip to hell. <laughs> it was terrible. Our hotel that we went to, it was great. It was beautiful. But we had this water slide at the hotel. And, and days leading up to the vacation, we're excited about the water slide. It's going to be fun. Little did we know that our boys, they loved the water slide so much that they never wanted it to stop. And we had a balcony where you could see the water slide 24-7. And it was, it was just horrendous. And so um, it, it was, it just, did, we thought it was going to go one way, went a totally uh, different direction. Now, we've graduated this summer from, from water slides uh, to high dives. And I want to sh show you this uh, little video as well. And I'll kind of explain it, what's going on here. This is my son, Charlie. And this was this past week, high dive at a Barranca Mesa pool. Uh, he's never gone on the high dive before. That was his first time up. Now, we've, I, I'm like super proud parenting moment right there. I almost completely missed it as he was going off. We've graduated in this season to where both our boys were so, like, I'm grateful. They know how to swim. And they've, they're also making friends at the pool. So they, it's just like we go there. And you can almost kind of, as a parent, just sit and kind of observe and watch. I don't have to be in the pool. That is like a, a great day, thank you, Jesus, where I'm like, I can just kind of sit and chill. But I'm just kind of sitting and chilling and relaxing. I look up, and there's my son who's never been on the high dive on the top. I'm like, whoa. So I get the camera. Like, who knows what's going to happen here? Might have to call 911 or proud dad moment. I don't know. And then he might be, I was thinking he's probably going to climb down the ladder and, and check out. No, he did it. And I'm like, oh, so good. Way to go. And so we talked to him afterwards. And I said, uh, Charlie, why, what, were you, what were you thinking? What was going through your mind? And he said, well, dad, I, my brain, my, my brain just said, Charlie, you need to get up there on that high dive and jump. <laughs> I loved it. Like, the power of a thought. The, what, what our, our brain 
and everything can just go, start with a thought. But at the same time, we, we could see like our thoughts can, can lead us to new heights to, to try and innovate and create and go somewhere new. Our thoughts can also frustrate the snot out of us because we have these expectations about how things should go and then they don't go. There's so much power wrapped up into a thought. And as we continue this series called Storytellers, where we are looking at parables of Jesus. Jesus would tell stories. I, we've been talking about how he's been kind of telling stories to help us see how the kingdom is built, how life works. And he's going to tell a story that, that, that illustrates that point as well. But I also today want to take a picture at what our thoughts are, how we picture God, how we picture ourselves in relationship with God. You thought it might go down this way, but God, he's trying to clear this up on how God views you as well as the you next to you. But I want to I look at that today. The, the, the parable today, if you've grown up in, in, in church, if you have a religious background, You've heard, probably heard of this. You probably know it, but we're going to read it all together. It is the parable of the prodigal son, and it's in Luke chapter 15, and I'm going to start in verse 11, um, starting in verse 11. This is long, so hang, out, hang with me, um, but Jesus told a long story here, and so we're going to read right through it, and then we're going to break this down on how it applies to us today. So he had already told two stories, a parable of the, the lost coin the parable of the lost sheep. And now he says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. He said, a man had two sons. The younger son told the father, I want to share, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed and, and to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed his belongings and moved to a distant land and there he wasted all his money on wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that, he even, that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. He's in a desperate situation and no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have, enough, have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both you and heaven, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as your hired servant. So he returned home to his father. While he was still a long way off, the father, he saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, here he is, he had rehearsed this. Father, I've, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But, 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 his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robes in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill the calf that we've been fattening because we must celebrate with a feast. And for this son of mine was dead, and now he's returned to life. And he was lost, but now he is found. And so, and so, the party began. Time to get the party started, right? Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working, and when he returned home, he heard music. 
and dancing in the house. He asked one of the servants, what's going on? And your brother, he says, the servant said, your brother's back. Your father has, was killed the fattened calf, and we're celebrating because of his safe return. And the older brother, he was angry. He wouldn't go in. But the father came out, begged him, and he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a little thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours, notice he's not saying my brother, not even acknowledging the relationship. This son of yours comes back squandering your money on prostitutes. You celebrate by killing a fattened calf. And his father looked at him and said, look, dear son, you've always stayed with me. And have everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead. And he's come back to life. He was lost and now he was found. Let's pray together. Jesus, do what only you can do in these moments. Speak to our hearts. Speak right to our soul. You told this story and you dropped the mic and walked away. And we had, we, we had to pick up the pieces. Those who were hungry, because <laughs> we could have been just like, that's a great story. No, there's more to it. There's something in it for me today. I'm hungry, Jesus. I need to feast on you today. Your word fills my soul. I need it. Speak to us. Show us in Jesus' name. I want to talk about three conversations today. I want to talk about three conversations that took place in this. And the first one, the conversation with the father and the son, he says, hey, I, I want my share of the state now before you die. Basically, dad, you're dead to me. I'm, re I'm, ready, I'm ready to move on. So it's a very, very tense, tough conversation. And he, in, in a way, he's saying, I don't, I don't want a relationship with you. I want the stuff. You thought. You thought that the stuff might satisfy. You, you thought that getting the stuff would satisfy. He thought, so he did. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't say that in there, but... It started with an idea. It started with something going on in his brain. Obviously, the relationship with his dad was not going how he wanted, but he thought this would satisfy because this isn't. He thought, and so he did. It led to a conversation which left to him leaving. He thought that the fun was going to leave him filled. He thought, if I could just have more, you're holding out on me. And it left him empty. He went after the stuff that he thought would satisfy, and it left him starving. He thought. He thought, so he did. And there's things in our lives where we, we can pursue next. We can pursue what, what if or what's next in our lives thinking that that will satisfy only to reach it or not reach it, but if we reach it and we realize that didn't satisfy either. And some of us are in this season of more. Some of us are in this season of, of chasing. Some of us are in this season of, of next. If I can just get out of the house, if I can just get away from my parents, then, then everything will be so much better. 
And parents are like, if I could just get them out of the house, <laughs> then, then things might be so much better. If I could just get out of Los Alamos and, and, and move to whatever's next, then if I could just get the house, the job, the promotion, the like, you name whatever it is on this earth, and you'll find that it will not satisfy. Read the book of Ecclesiastes. It's basically the biography of an agnostic. So I've searched for everything underneath this sun. God, you're, you're there, but under the sun, I've gone after pleasure. I've gone after knowledge. I've gone after all of these things. And, and what's, what's the writer of Ecclesiastes, if you ever read it? He says, it's meaningless. All meaningless. Chasing after the wind. And this young man chases and chases and chases and never catches the wind. It's not how I thought it would go. It's not how I pictured it would go. I thought it was going to go one way, and it was fun for a little while, but it did not satisfy. Conversation number two, he comes to his senses. I love that. He thought, he's using that brain. He finally came to his senses, says, I'll go home. I've had a moment or two or more than I care to realize. Dad, if you're watching online, then you're here. You know, how many of you have grown up and thinking, my dad knows nothing? Dad, he's, what is he thinking? He knows nothing. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, dang, he, he, he knew a little bit more than what I was giving him credit for. I still don't like to admit that, Dad, but it's just like, dang, he, he was right. He was right. He, like, oh, man, he came to his senses. He says, I got to go home. And so he returned home to his father. Now, you can, you can imagine this return trip home. He's already rehearsed. I'm unworthy. That's the thought. I'm unworthy. He's embarrassed, ashamed, afraid, has, uncertain, has no idea how this is going to turn out because he had just told his dad, you're dead to me. And now he's got to make this trip home from a, from a distant land back home. You can imagine the mind games that are going on here. You can imagine the confusion as he's getting closer to home. The intensity of the moment is, is, is coming back. We got the Holy Spirit's just blowing in here, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm glad there's some, at least some gust of wind that's blowing on today. It's hot in here. It is hot. As the intensity starts to wrap up, as he gets closer to home, and every next step brings uncertainty, every next step brings more, more shame, maybe more agony, more fear. And then he sees this figure running out towards him. Still not quite sure what's going on here. Thinking maybe, you know, this, the dad is angry, upset. Hey, if you wanted help, if you wanted help, you should have come back sooner. You embarrassed me. You embarrassed our family. You damaged our reputation. Go. You are not welcome here. Some of us, maybe we have that family member. I've had some moments with some family members. 
if so-and-so shows up, they are not welcome here because of some things that they have done. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but, but the father gets closer and closer and closer, running, and he recognizes him. And it says he comes and he hugs him and kisses him. It's not what I, you thought, you thought you were unworthy, and this starts to unfold. For some of us, for some of us, it may not be a, a, a brother or a sister or a family member who's unwelcome. As we picture this scene and the shame that this young man felt, the trip home might be like looking in the mirror where you've heaped all of this stuff on yourself and you have the self-talk to you that says, you're not welcome. You're not worthy. You've screwed up. You've messed up. You're too far gone. You've embarrassed yourself. Your reputation is gone. And all of this negative self-talk just hammers you down. I want to tell you today, your father it's like, that's, you thought, that's not how it is. I'm welcoming you in with open arms and open, God loves you. He's, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful for Jesus' version of the story. Because so often as I look in the mirror, that's not the story I'm telling. I'm, I'm looking at, I know me. Just, you know you. You know what you did. You're trying to walk back to the Father and do the right thing. I've come to my senses and taken some next steps, but you can't get past your past and what you've done. Jesus says, I'm so glad, because Jesus says there's a different story to tell. There's a different story to tell yourself today on how God views you. It says, from a far way off, he was, he was always looking for him. He never gave up this Father looking for him. We serve a God of second chances, third chances. He runs, hugs, gives him a kiss, shows love, joy, eagerness to welcome him in. He's not intimidated by the grossness. Ah, I know you're dirty. I know you haven't showered. I can smell it on your breath still from last night, and I'm welcoming you in. My, my son Charlie, when he was, when he was younger, uh, we would go to give him a hug, and he'd say, we'd say, little hug or big hug, Charlie? Little hug or big hug? And if he said little hug, he would just kind of inch in closer to you and just kind of like nudge you a little bit, little hug. But if it was, if it was big hug, if it was, he's like, big hug, big hug, he would back up like this, and he would get, a, and he would just, and fly, and just run, and hug, big hug, and he'd just hang on to your neck, and big hug. I picture big hug, dad, just coming in saying, I got you. So often we think we're not worthy because we know what we've done. And, and in a way, we're not. But God just says, I, you, you don't have to earn this with me. I got it. I got it. Just come to the party. Just come home. Just come home. Just come home. The father said, quick. Bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get a ring for his fingers and sandals for his feet. Go to Party City. Get all the party stringers. Let's go. We're throwing a party. It's party time. Let's celebrate. Now, 
How, I, I just want to know it's Father's Day. Let's have some fun here. I think I've asked this question before, but I'll ask it again. We'll see you in the room. Put this online too. Uh, I want to know greatest speeding ticket in the room, in the house, all right? It's a, it's a moment of, of truth, all right? Uh, so if you got a speeding ticket, um, if you remember the speed or the cost, um, I'm going to start at 2.15 up in Cuesta uh, r- right here. Not 2.15 in speed, but uh, dollar amount. I was not happy about that. But uh, come on now. Um, yeah, Blake. 360, all right. Do I, do I hear it? Come on now. 160, but didn't going 160. Oh, wow, okay. Give it or receive. Oh, we got, we got some officers in the room. Yeah, give us, give us some insight. Um, yeah, what, what do you remember? Greatest speeding ticket that you've given. I'm sure you got a whopper. Huh? 395. 395. Was that in town? Oh, Caliente. Okay, okay. I've, I've gotten one there too, um, uh, but not my greatest. Um, okay, so you got your speeding ticket, all right, and, and you go to court. You're in the courtroom. You're guilty. You've done it, and now it's time to pay. All right, the, the judge bangs the gavel and says, not guilty. Followed up by, you don't, you don't owe anything. Now, you thought you're going in there guilty. You had to pay. You got the ticket. You're going to be punished. Not guilty. No payment. Woo! That's good. But this story is better. Because not only does he bang the gavel and say, not guilty, you don't have to pay. He said, oh, and right there, through the door here, right through the door, just for you, we got a party in honor of you. We're going to celebrate you today. This is the picture that Jesus is like, you're like, what? No. How? Why? I'm guilty. I shouldn't do anything. Nope. Let's go party. We're going to celebrate. My son was dead and now he is alive. He's back home, right where he needs to be. You thought, oh, but we got a heavenly father who's got a better plan and a better purpose, and a better story. But now there's a third conversation that takes place. Party's happening. Party's happening, but now you got a brother. you got a brother in this story. He's not happy. He, he comes in from a hard day's work, and he hears, what's going on? I, I hear some music. There's some dancing. There, there's a part. What? What's going on? And the servant, the servant comes in and says, your brother, he's back. Now you can imagine his confusion. Because we know through this next conversation, he had heard. The rumors had traveled all the way back home, and he had heard. And you can imagine the confusion that's starting to go. I knew he would come back. I knew that fool was coming back. He had messed everything up. But what is this? Uh Uh-uh. He's embarrassed our family. He's disrespected me. He disrespected dad. And so he and the dad have a conversation. The beauty of this, the beauty of even in the anger and the jealousy, the father still pursues. He's still coming to the son in his anger, in his frustration. He says his father came out and begged him 
All these years I've slaved for you. You ever try to figure out God? Have you ever tried to just, God, I, I, how? I don't understand. You, this is not going according to the script. Like I, I thought this was how the movie, the scene, my story was supposed to play out. And God, you are not going according to my script. Oh, he's frustrated with God. He's frustrated with the Father. God can take it, and he gives him a word. He gives him a word. We don't know if he, if he hears this word or not, but here's the, you get a word from God. He says, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me, with me. Everything I have is yours. Translation, son, I didn't come to read your script. You've had access the whole time. You tried to earn my love, but you wouldn't take it. You've tried to earn it. Now the message is, come home. Come, where, come home. You're, you're welcome home. But he gives him a tough word here. He said, you are invited and you are welcome. Now, I say all of these conversations in this today. One of the things I want to point out. The father, based on, he was not changing in these conversations. He was not changing the circumstances. The party, the celebration was taking place. But with both sons, He's trying to use those circumstances to change their perspective. Trying to change your perspective. I'm not changing the circumstance here. I'm trying to change your perspective that you are welcome home and let's party together. And I don't know what circumstance in your life that you are wrestling with yourself and wrestling with God about. You're trying to get God and, uh, to read your script for how this story should end or how this, this chapter, how this scene should go. And maybe he's trying to change the perspective. See, context is key. Why is Jesus even telling this story? He tells three parables. Boom, boom, boom. Rapid fire. Context is key. In verses 1 and 2 of chapter 15, this is where we find out why is Jesus even telling this story in the first place? It says tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to teach to Jesus teach. He was a friend of sinners. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people even eating with them. This would be like the pastors, the church leaders, the church people Coming, how, how can you associate with them? How can you be with, with them? They're the ones that, are, that you should be pointing the finger at and getting. And then Jesus replies with three parables. Not one, not two. I'm going to hit you with three, whether you like it or not, because I want you to understand who I am, 
how this kingdom thing works, how this life works, how you were created by God, and what God is about in this moment. They thought, they thought this is how God works. He said, nope, nope, nope. I'm going to show you something a little bit different here in this moment. Jesus, why do you associate with such sinners, with such people? And he would say, why don't you? Why don't you? He said, that's, that's who I came for. That's who I love. That's who I want you to be about. This is a message for you to see how much God loves you, but also a challenge for us as a, as a church, as Freedom Church, that the heart of God is to say, we are to go. We are to, to love. And, and no matter what we think on how things should go, he's like, no, I want you to be the one that is, that is being a light to other people. This mission of the church is one to see who Jesus is and then to go tell other people about who Jesus is. That's it. That's it. And he's going to gift you in certain ways. He's going he's to have you plugged in in different jobs and careers, put different people in your circle of influence to go and do just that. Everyone, everyone in this, with the two boys is lost. And we know, and spiritually, everyone is lost. Everyone has, has sinned. Now, this, this idea of being lost, it's a good thing when you can admit and know that you're lost. Who wants to be in the car with dad when he doesn't want to admit that he's lost, right? Like, can you please just admit that you're lost and ask for directions? <laughs> it's a good thing when you know, hey, I'm lost and I need to get going in a, in a different direction. Everyone's lost. Everyone is pursued. Jesus is constantly pursuing us. He's pursuing you right now. You may not feel worthy, but you're hearing a message from, a, from a, 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 an old, aging, balding, short pastor who's trying to just tell you God loves you today. I know for me, like, as I was preparing this message, I was like, you know what? For Mother's Day, usually the message is, moms, you are loved, and you are valued, and we cheer that on, and you are loved, and you are valued, and then like a month later, we get into June, and it's Father's Day, and it's like, all right, people, get it together. Let's go. Come on. What's happening, you know? And I wanted to tell you, dads, you are loved, and you are valued. You are pursued. Some of you dads right now, you wonder that. You wonder, am I loved? Am I valued? You, you want, am I more than a paycheck? You know what you did last night, and so you wonder, am I even, even worthy? And I just want to give you some confidence and encouragement to say yes. And yes, we have things that we got to work on and that we got to get better, and we got to take our next steps. If God's calling you to take a next step, please take that next step. But I know, I know we don't like to tap into our emotions and you're like, please, let's just not talk about this and, and I'll just kind of do my work thing because I'm successful at work and everyone gives me a high five at work, but home is hard and there is no script for that. It's not linear. It's not do A and then B happens. It's I don't know and it's complicated and it's complex and we wonder if we're worthy or valued here. And I want to say, yes, you are. 
your father today is saying, come back home. Please come back home. Your family today, they would say, please come back home. Your children today, if they're, hey, I love the PhDs, but it, that's not what I want. Six-figure salary, great, but I want, I want dad. Come back home. Come back home. If you're wrestling with that today, dad, just come back home. You're wanted. Everyone is loved. Everyone is lost, everyone pursued, and everyone is loved. Now, we call this the story of the prodigal son. It's not really about the son. I know that's what we've been told. This is the story of a prodigal father. Prodigal is not, the definition is, is not like going out and getting wasted or partying. Or the, the definition of prodigal is like lavish and luxurious. This is a story about God and who he is, the prodigal father, who just, just, just generously gives out everything. He says, you got sandals, you get a robe, you get, you get a ring. He's saying you have identity because of the robe. You are my son. Thank Joseph, Joseph who had the robe. You got a ring, which is like you're my ambassador. You can sign off on some things. You got sandals, you're not a slave. You are free here with me. Starts with a thought. You thought. So I don't know which season you're in right now, which scene you picked yourself in right now. Are you the, in the scene where you're chasing it? Is God speaking? You're, the, you're going after it. You're trying to go for what's next, 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 next. Is that your scene? Because I'm going to tell you it won't satisfy. Maybe your scene today is I'm not worthy. I know what I've done. I have guilt and I'm shame that I'm, I, I'm gross. I'm a failure. God would say, come home. Are you in the scene where you're frustrated with God? You're angry about the circumstances that he's not working out how he should. And he would say, come back home. It starts with the thoughts. Maybe I can come back home. Maybe I don't have this all figured out, but I can come back home. I love the woman with the issue of blood, if you know that story. She said, if I could just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I could be healed. There's no evidence that that was typical or normal. But she thought, if I could just get to Jesus, this can, this can help. In the book of Acts, there were people, there's, they would say, if I could just get in the shadow, if the shadow of the disciples can cross me, cross by, something can happen. I just need God. And you might be in that desperate situation. If I just can get to Jesus, and I just want to say, come back home. It starts with the thoughts. Just take a next step towards Jesus. That's what we're about at Freedom Church, helping people take a next step with their relationship with Jesus. You have a God who loves you and will welcome you home at any time. Please come. Please come home. It's, this is about a relationship with Jesus. And it says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While you were God's enemy far off, he said, nope, I came for you. And the dad said, we have to celebrate this day for your brother was dead and now he came back to life. He has come back to life. Christianity, just so no one is fooled, you cannot earn it. A lot of people, if I were to ask you today or ask people, just take a poll, how do you get to heaven? A lot of people would say, hey, just be good, live a good life, be good. 
The good enough God does not exist. How good is good enough? What's your scoreboard? Is it 10% good enough get you in? Do you got to be 90% good enough to get in? And where are you on that rating? That's a horrible God. That's an exhausting God. The Bible makes it very clear. Spiritually, you're dead. You're, you could, a dead thing can't make itself alive. There's no good enough. Jesus doesn't make good, bad people good. That's not the gospel, and that's what a lot of us can get tied up on. It is he makes dead people alive again, and it's only through a relationship with him. And just like in that court case, you didn't earn it. You just receive it. It's grace. It's a gift. It's mercy. This is our father. This is what he wants for you. Dads, dads, today, that's the relationship he wants with you, his son. Come home. Come home. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will, you will, you will be saved. It's that simple, yet at the same time that hard, because you got to take that step. Let's stand and let's pray. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.